Thank you for joining me for this teaching from Pennington AG Church. We are starting today a new series called Good News, where we're looking at the gospel or the good news of Jesus Christ. And how does that pour out of our lives? How do we invite others to be a part of this, to invite others to know the goodness of the God we serve? But I want to start actually first by talking about this little watch I have on my wrist. Every week you may watch me recording these sermons, preaching, and you may see this little watch. It's actually not even a, an iWatch or anything fancy. It's not an Apple watch. It is just like a $30 watch I got from Amazon and then I put a leather band on it. I'm getting distracted from the point. The point is, a while ago I figured out that on my phone I could turn on all the alerts onto my watch. And I have an Android phone, which means in any group message I'm in, whenever somebody responds or likes or laughs at or puts a heart response to someone's text, I get an additional text. And as they now bounce to my watch, there are periods of time where for a solid minute, my wrist will just buzz. Sometimes it's while I'm recording these messages, my wrist will just buzz and buzz and buzz and buzz. I have three main groups that are the culprits of it. One is a family group I'm in, my sisters, my parents, um, a few of my nieces, and my aunt, and we all post together, right? Another one is my small group here at this church that we've been together for uh, a little over nine months now, and we share about our lives and what God is doing, but also sometimes silly nonsense. And the third is a group I'm in in a Facebook group of a few guys where we discuss theology and books together. In all of these threads, it could be nonsense, it could be something serious, it could be real questions or even prayer requests together. And I have thought so many times about disconnecting my watch from my phone. I like it because I get alerts sometimes and I can see it, but sometimes when it's going off in a group message, I'm so tempted to turn it off. The reason I don't is it reminds me to keep looking back at these conversations. And sometimes I have to scroll because I've missed a lot and I have to read many messages. But when I look and spend the time to read it, there are beautiful gems inside of every one of these groups. Where it's somebody sharing about a doctor's appointment they had where there could be potentially scary news of a biopsy or a doctor saying they're taking a closer look. And then I get to watch days or weeks later as people are asking, how are things going? Have you heard? And then eventually the response back of what's happening. And there is so much joy in getting to see a group message conversation where someone says, the results came back and I'm clean and everybody's celebrating and there's silly emojis and there's laughter in it. Or somebody saying the job I've been holding my breath about, I finally got it and I can move into this and my family can now take a new step forward and seeing the celebration around that. Or someone sharing in it, we're pregnant again and we just found out the gender of our child. These moments in the group text, I mean, I'll take as many days of annoying wrist vibrations as I can in order to be reminded and be focused on those celebratory moments of good news and the fact that good news gets better when it is shared communally. And the more people that are a part of it, the sweeter that it gets. In this series, we are talking about that good news. What does it mean when we get good news? And what's the greatest news of all? And how do we grow as we invite others into it? Let's first begin by asking the question, what is good news? And what do we mean when we say this? You may hear the term gospel. Gospel gets used a lot in church. It's the gospel, or we're sharing the gospel. There are four gospel accounts. Gospel is a translation of good news. And good news comes from a Greek word, euangelion. It appears all throughout the New Testament and particularly in the four accounts of Jesus' life. 
And euangelion is a Greek word from the Old Testament and in antiquity that was referring to a message of success, a message of good news and celebration. Typically, it was a messenger coming back from the front of a war and he was giving good news that our army had conquered or that our kingdom had survived or that everything is gonna be okay. And so one messenger coming back and bringing a tiding of good news, euangelion, or good news, or the gospel. All three mean the same thing. One of the most powerful appearances of this word and the framework that we better understand it with in the New Testament comes from Isaiah. Specifically, Isaiah 52 shares a powerful story about euangelion, about the good news. In Isaiah 52, it's basically one long poem with a couple little comments in it. And in this poem, it's late in the writing of Isaiah. And so at the beginning of this poem, Israel has been destroyed. Jerusalem specifically has just been sacked by Babylon. It's a tough time for the nation. It's a devastating moment for them. The city is in ruins and there's still smoke coming from the destroyed walls. And in this moment, the poem kind of is articulating their pain at the destruction. In the middle of the poem, though, it takes a turn. It takes a shift. As they are mourning over their destruction, now it begins, but we see a man coming, running, a messenger, running down the road, heading towards the city. He's sprinting. He's breathless. One of the watchmen on the wall calls down, a messenger is coming. He's running this way. And as he enters the broken down walls and is standing in the city streets, he begins to proclaim a message of good news. It reads like this in Isaiah chapter 52, verses 7 through 9. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news. The good news of peace and salvation. The news that the God of Israel reigns. The watchmen shout and sing with joy, for before their very eyes they see the Lord returning to Jerusalem. Let the ruins of Jerusalem break into joyful song, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. Isaiah 52 may be a very relatable story for you. You could be sitting in your own ruins right now or your own destruction, maybe a deconstruction of your faith itself, or maybe just actual suffering physically, emotionally, and relationally. Or you could be looking at the world around us and seeing a lot of hurt and destruction still present. But the good news is, even standing amidst the ruins, is the promise that our God still reigns. That God hasn't lost and God isn't gone. And maybe your suffering is momentary, but the goodness of God is eternal and God still reigns. As we talk about the good news or the gospel or euangelion, Let's look at it in four parts. This is going to be our framework. Number one, God still reigns. The good news, God lives and reigns and is good. Number two, you have value. God is coming back to speak to you, to share to you the goodness of who he is. You matter. You have value. God cares about your life and your eternity. Third, you will be comforted. You may be suffering and struggling now, and honestly, you may be suffering and struggling for the entirety of your life, 30, 40, 80 years with a physical ailment or a difficult family or with life physical circumstances. But you will be comforted. 
either in this existence or in the eternity that God promises for you. And fourth and final, you have a future. There is a plan for your life and it is good that God has for you, wants to use you, work through you for the betterment of this world and his other image bearers and he has an eternity plan for you that is good. God still reigns. You have value. You will be comforted and you have a future. This is the good news. This is the good news God is speaking to the people of Israel in Isaiah chapter 52. And this is the good news we will be talking about embodied in the person and the character of Jesus Christ. In this series, we want to remind you that the good news is not a track that you write down, is not a system or series of theology. The good news is a person and is the character of Jesus Christ. Theology and methods, they come and they go and sometimes are helpful, sometimes can be oppressive. Jesus is always good and is always loving and is always gentle and is always merciful and is always capable with power and goodness. The good news is Jesus and let's focus on him and let's let him speak for himself as we walk in this series. We're going to look at Luke chapter 4. We're going to let Jesus speak in his own words today about the good news. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. The capstone of it. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. The good news, as we've already said, and Jesus is saying this, is God reigns, you have value, you will be comforted, and you have a future. The best demonstration of this is Jesus, is his life in the four gospel accounts, and is his eternal reigning today. Jesus, the rightful king of heaven and earth, reigns forever after the resurrection, who preaches value to the marginalized and then demonstrates our value on the cross, who comforts us with his loving presence and conquers the grave, then promises us a future as his brothers and sisters, and then empowers us with his Holy Spirit to remind us he is with us always and forever. Now let's look at Luke chapter 4, verses 18 through 19. Jesus speaking. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. As we begin talking about the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and as we read this passage, I want to encourage you not to over-spiritualize or to too quickly spiritualize the good news of Jesus Christ and what Jesus is saying himself. Let's let this passage in Luke 4 speak for itself in a literal, concrete way. The good news of Jesus is about healing our broken world. It is about helping the poor. It is about healing the sick. It is about setting the oppressed free. And it's important to know the good news is not about salvation from sin alone. The good news is about our loving God, King Jesus, ruling and reigning and fixing every broken system of our world, be it our physical bodies, be it our chaotic earth, be it our systems of power and oppression. Jesus has come to heal and fix all of it. It's not just spiritual. It's also literal and physical for this world. 
They didn't kill Jesus because he threatened a spiritual idea. They killed Jesus because he threatened physical realities and power structures. And as we talk about the good news, that's a part of it. The good news is not that sins are forgiven. The good news is that Jesus is king and he rules and reigns over his kingdom. Jesus died for our sins on the cross. Yes, that is a part of it. But he also died so that he could show us how to live in his kingdom, to live in the upside down kingdom where power is conquered through self-sacrificing love. And he came to show us that that is the way the kingdom of God works. It's the upside down of ours, where we fight for power and control. In the kingdom of God, we fight to let go of our power and control, to love and care for others. And it is not Jesus' power that conquers the grave. It is Jesus' love and submission that conquers the grave. And the good news is not just about forgiveness of sin. The good news is about living differently and living with the freedom that comes through love, grace, and mercy. The spiritual reading of this passage is also correct. And as we read this, Jesus talks about the poor. In Matthew chapter 5, in his Beatitudes, he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. And Jesus came not just for the poor physically, but also for the poor spiritually. You and I, that recognize we don't just fall short of God's righteousness, the word poor used here in Luke is not just you're tight a little bit and you're, you're, you're saving up your coupons. It is you are destitute. You don't have a home, a job, any kind of resources whatsoever. And when it comes to our spiritual makeup and our righteousness, we are not just poor and trying to save up a few works. We are destitute, unable to save ourselves. When Jesus talks about freedom, He's also talking about freedom from sin and how it controls us, freedom from our selfishness and how it drives us into our own self-centered destruction. He says, I will come and set the poor free. I will come and set you free from your sin in a way that you cannot. As Jesus talks about blindness, he's also talking about our spiritual blindness like two men on the road to Emmaus who can't recognize Jesus' presence among them because their eyes could only see grief and pain. Jesus came also to open our eyes to the goodness of God and the goodness of his creation through Christ Jesus. And lastly, he came to set free those who are oppressed, and that includes us oppressed by our own sin nature itself, the weight of our guilt and shame and fear, Jesus came to set us free from. And in all of these, he set us free by conquering death on the cross. He came by setting us free through the power of his resurrection. He came by teaching us a new way of living in an upside-down kingdom. The good news is that our God reigns in Jesus Christ, that we have value through the cross and his love for us, that we have value through the cross and his love for us, for us, that we are comforted by his presence in every moment of every day, and that we have a future by Jesus' resurrection. This is the good news. Now, what do we do with it and how do we share it? How does this now become an expression out of our life? It's a little help by seeing this passage in Luke 4 in its context. This is the first real sermon that Jesus gives in the Gospel of Luke. And for those of you who are into that kind of stuff, it is an exegetical sermon. He breaks down passage from Isaiah. 
He's breaking it down and then applying it to himself. That's pretty bold. Let's look at it in Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. It's great that he got to preach that passage because that passage will preach, man. Jesus preaches it here in Luke 4. Jesus is preaching in his boyhood home. The gospel writer Luke actually says it's where Jesus grew up. That's where he's preaching right now. He's preaching among his friends and his family. And those are often the hardest people to preach to, our friends and our family, the hardest people to share the good news with or what God is doing in our heart and our soul for two reasons. One is... We have to see these people again. They're going to be here tomorrow. If it doesn't go well, if I'm vulnerable and they reject it, I have to see them tomorrow or at Thanksgiving or at work again on Monday. I can't just move on and just never see them again. I'm going to see them again. And if this doesn't work, this is going to be tough. Number two is they know me. And they know if I am preaching a message that I'm not living, they know I'm full of it. And if my life is not playing out the message I'm saying about love, grace, mercy, and righteousness, they're going to call me on it. This is what makes this so intense. Jesus is preaching among his friends and his family. The second thing is Jesus stands up and reads the passage of Isaiah that's handed to him. Jesus didn't come prepared with Isaiah. It wasn't his idea. He didn't come in and say, I have this great little devotional about Isaiah. Can you let me get that in there? No, it says he goes to temple, they hand him the scroll, and it happens to be Isaiah on this day, and Jesus preaches from that text. He doesn't hesitate to use what is there. He uses what's given to him, the context that's there, the situation that arises. He wasn't preparing at home, this detailed diagram. In the moment, he responded being led by the Spirit. He's also invited to read and he's given permission to share. When it comes to sharing the good news, we oftentimes lose our head about caring for other people and we just try to ramrod it in there, create a situation, make it happen. When you read the accounts of Jesus' life, he's never forcing anything. He's responding and reacting in the trueness of his character and the love for the people around him, including in this situation. They hand him the scroll of Isaiah, he responds with grace and mercy. When we share the good news of Jesus, we need to lovingly respond to the situations around us. Everybody knows when it's contrived and we're trying to make something. Or that moment where we're listening to someone's story the entire time, waiting for our turn to talk and talk about what we really want to talk about. Jesus never does that. He listens and he responds, including in this sermon in Luke 4. Love people and put yourself in the situation for God to use you. But when the situation is handed to you, preach the good news by all means. When you feel that tingle in your heart or that little move in your gut, share it, speak it, talk about what God is doing in your life. Jesus, while he never forces anything, he never misses an opportunity to talk about, to preach about the loving goodness of God, to share the good news that God reigns, that people have value, 
they will be comforted, and that their life has a future. Jesus takes every opportunity when that is provided to confirm that into others' lives and souls. Third and final, it's all about Jesus. He takes an Old Testament prophet in Isaiah, a famous passage that they would know about a messianic prophetic word, and it makes it about himself. If I did that, that would be arrogant and it would be heresy. But when Jesus does it, it's right on, confirming the exact person it's supposed to be about. And so when we share good news, make it about Jesus. Just talk about Jesus. Share about how good he is, how wonderful and loving he is, how full of joy and character he is. Make it about Jesus. Lastly and finally, as we walk into this story, Using Luke 4 as a framework, the good news is not just about our souls. The good news is about our body and soul. The good news is about heaven and earth. The good news is about who you and I are as people right now and is about our destiny as created beings for eternity with a God that loves us. As we talk about the good news, remember that Jesus came to redeem earth as well as heaven and he came to redeem body as well as soul. He fed our stomachs and he fed our hearts. And as we share the good news, we do both. We care for the physical needs of the world around us and we care for their spiritual needs by sharing with them the message of the cross and the resurrection. The good news is not just that sins have been forgiven, but that the creator of each and every one of us who we share his image has value for us, died in our place, and has an eternity destined for our future. God is still reigning. You have value. You will be comforted, and you have a future. This is the good news embodied in one person, Jesus Christ, who is ruling and reigning today. All throughout this series, we're gonna give you a couple practical tools as well of how to walk this, how to share this. And it's four steps. First one is this, rekindle your fire for Jesus. Whatever you need to do to do that, whether that's a deep Bible study, sharing with your friends or your small group, prayer, or even a small retreat, rekindle the fire for how good and how wonderful and how loving Jesus is. Scripture says, restore the joy of my salvation. Invite God to set you a fire for how good Jesus is. That's the best preaching of the good news, is you being excited. Number two is pray and trust the Holy Spirit's at work. You may not have the words to say, the Holy Spirit will. You're not sure who to share with? Pray and invite the Holy Spirit to lead someone into conversation. Pray and trust that the Holy Spirit is working. Third, go. You gotta go and do something. You can't just stay in your room. Go and be present with others, have conversations, start conversations, be present in their lives, and go to people who are hurting. Be present to areas where people are in need. Go and serve at home front, Mercer Street, friends, task. Be present with those who are vulnerable because Jesus came for them. Fourth and final, be present. Be present with those who you are with. Be fully there. Listen to them, listen to their stories, hear what's happening in their lives so that the Holy Spirit can move and respond with you. Be fully present in everywhere you are and invite the Holy Spirit to lead you to when there are opportunities to share the goodness, the good news of the God that we serve. 
Finally, as we close out this time, you may have watched this whole message and you may not confidently have a relationship with Jesus. I wanna give you a chance to embrace this good news yourself in this moment. Pray this prayer with me and take your first step of a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, his son. If you'll pray this with me. Jesus, in this moment, I believe in you. I believe in your power and your love. Jesus, I believe that you are God and man in one on this earth, teaching about love, mercy, and the new kingdom. Jesus, I believe you took my sin and all of our sin onto your shoulders on the cross. You died in our place and were buried in the ground. On the third day, you rose from the grave, resurrected with fullness of life, that I may live forever through and with you. Jesus, you gave your life for me. Today, in this moment, I give my life to follow you. Will you be my Savior, my King, and my Lord? In the name of Jesus, amen. If you prayed that for the first time today, we would love to celebrate with you. Click one of the links around this video, let us know, and we would love to get in contact with you or simply pray with you while you are on your journey of your own good news in Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining me.